0: Hi, friends, and welcome to the Robcast. This is episode 287, and it's called The Infinite and Indestructible You, because I want to talk about you, you and me, and this great upheaval that we are in the midst of, this historic disruption, because we're not going back to how it is, right? We all, we all see that quite clearly. We're going forward into something that none of us have been in before. Can you feel that? Because it is in the air. Spe- speaking of disruption, um, one week from now, my new book comes out. It's called Everything is Spiritual. Everything is spiritual in some ways. I'm, I, I wonder if you have the sense of you're here for to do something. I feel like it's what I'm here to do this simple truth that that's infinitely complex that everything is spiritual so the book is it's about my life but it's about the universe because it's all endlessly inextricably connected right um, but i called the book everything is spiritual because that's sometimes i wonder if that's the that's the sermon that's the teaching that's the message i'm here to give in lots of different ways but It's what I keep coming back to. There's a depth, a mystery, a wonder to life. How spirit enters and flows through all the events of our lives, constantly inviting us to new creation. So um, normally, when a book comes out, that means airplanes and hotels and bookstores. And all the things that happen around the release of a book. But but in the world that we find ourselves in, that's not possible. So my publisher was like, how about you do some, uh, vir- like a virtual book tour, and we'll support local bookstores. Mm-hmm. So, starting the night before the book comes out, Monday, September 14th, it's the Everything is Spiritual Support Your Local Bookstore Virtual Book Tour. <laughs> How about that? So um, my fantastic publisher said, who would you like to be in conversation with? And there would be these virtual events sponsored by local bookstores in cities around the country. And then um, you can have a conversation with the book about somebody. So I got to come up with a list of people I admire, um, people that I want to engage with, people who I thought, if that person read the book, and then I got to hear how they read it or what happened to them or where they saw themselves in the book. Um, Wow, that would be, oh my goodness, I would love that. So Monday, September 14th, Book Soup, right here near where we live in Los Angeles, is the first stop on the virtual book tour. I'm gonna do a book tour from my front yard. This is the new world we are in for this moment. Um, And so Book Soup here in Los Angeles, um, it's the first time ever Um, I've done anything publicly uh, with my son, Preston. So I'll be in conversation with Preston Bell. He is reading the book, and then he's going to tell me what he thinks about it. (laughs) Oh, my word. Oh, my word. And just in the kitchen the other day, he's like, Dad, I started reading your book. It's riveting. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? And then he just said no. And he gave me like one sentence of what it struck for him about his heritage, where he comes from, that he hadn't thought of before. And then he's like, but I'm not going to see any more because we'll discuss it at the event. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? And then the next night, Tuesday, September 15th, Powerhouse Arena, which is a bookstore I've been to before in Brooklyn. I'll be in conversation with Vanessa Cornell. Vanessa leads these new shoe, these, it's like groups um, in New York, it's like she's leading this movement to reclaim the ancient art of sitting in a circle with people and telling the truth about your life. I know. Fascinating. And then um, Thursday, September 17th, um, Politics and Prose is a bookstore in Washington, D.C. I will be in conversation with Scott Avit. Now, you're an Avid Brothers fan, right? How fun does that sound? So Scott um, is reading the book, and then he and I um, are actually going to meet for the first time in this virtual event, and then we're going to talk about the book, and you know I'm going to end up asking all the people who are asking me questions, I'm going to be asking them questions, you know where this is going to go, and then um, Powell's Thursday, September 17th, um, the band Joseph is reading my new book, and you've heard them on uh, the Robcast, and so I'm going to be talking with Megan Ally, and Natalie, um, I know, doesn't this just sound so fun? And then um, Monday, September 21st, uh, Anderson's in Chicago, uh, Anderson's Bookshop, I'll be in conversation with Alexander Shia, and uh, you know Alexander from the Robcast, so I know, I know, seriously. And then um, the Joseph Beth Bookstore in Cincinnati, Ohio, September 24th, Um, I've just recently gotten to know Hi Ann. She's a Buddhist nun who lives in Canada, and she's going to read the book, and then we're going to discuss it. I know, I'm so excited to talk with Haiyan. And then Brazos in Houston, Monday, October 5th, I'll be in conversation with Christian Washington. Ah, oh, Christian, I love this guy. Literally, when they first mentioned it, um, have been in conversation with somebody, one of my first thoughts was, oh, I would love to know what Christian Washington thinks about this book. So, um, I know, doesn't that sound great? Sounds so fun. And then um, I'll be giving a talk, East West Bookshop in Seattle, a virtual event where I'll be giving a talk. And then Halloween, um, October 31st, Elizabeth Gilbert and I will be doing an all-day event um, on how to use your imagination. And you know when Liz and I get together, it's good times. There's... uh, yeah, so you you know what that's like, and you can get information to all of this. So what happens is you buy the book through, or you get your whatever online ticket to the events. Um, you can get it through um, my site, or the EIS virtual tour, um, and uh, but go through my site, and that'll link you to whatever bookstore you want to get your book through and all that. So there, that's what we're doing. It's been 110 here this weekend in Los Angeles. And then there was a fire north of us. So, uh, and then the neighbor, so there's like that ashy feeling that makes your eyes water. And then most of the neighborhood is um, boarded up in anticipation of possible looting because of another brutal, unspeakable act of police brutality. So, um, I know lots of layers. Are you with me on this? It's like we're, uh, just when you're like, there can't be another strange headline, then you check the news and you're like, oh, it's getting even weirder. And that's, um, that feeling, that disorientation, that how much stranger can it get? Um, all of the jokes about 2020, right? Like this year has been unlike any other. And it's got me, um, it's like you feel things in the air, and especially wherever it is that we're headed, wherever it is that we're headed financially, economically, politically, um, wherever it is that we're headed, even the sense of we can't be together in ways, in many of the ways that we're used to being together. Um, and we are social creatures, we are social animals. Um, I, I, I I'm sensing so many people I talk to feeling this. Um, and then you have issues of uh how are we going to get through this? Um, how are we going to survive it? Is it going to keep going? I mean, are we in lockdown for how much longer? Um, is there going to be another... Sur- all those sorts of questions. And the reason why I'm bringing all this up, uh, like almost like stirring the sediment at the bottom of a bucket of water is like churning it up, is that feeling, that feeling of uncertainty. Um that feeling of low-level anxiety, that feeling of most things are closed down. It's 110 degrees. Um, it, wh- what are we going to do today? <laughs> that feeling. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. Normally, we would do this, but um, nope, that's not available. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you can't rush through that feeling because it's real. It's real. It's, it's like on the edge of lots of our conversations. If you had conversations with people where you're talking about whatever it is that you called to talk about or emailed uh, or you, you ran into them somewhere and you're staying there in your mask talking, and then inevitably the conversation turns to This is all really weird, isn't it? <laughs> this is all really strange. So what I want to do in this episode is talk about the infinite and indestructible you— I want to talk about what's always been true, what's always been there, who you've always been, what always is, because what's absolutely necessary, important, and vital right now is to be grounded and centered in that which isn't up in the air, in that which isn't waiting to see how it goes. Um... And this is, the, this is the ancient, this has always been the ancient path, um, but for many in the modern world, uh, what we're going to walk through now is new, and uh, it's absolutely more important than ever. Honestly, this episode comes from a deep sense of conviction about the nature of reality. and uh, So I'm talking to me, I'm talking to you, I'm talking to all of us, and I'm trying to think where to begin, um, but then there's this... There's this thing that Jesus says. He says uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, he says, You have heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. Now, once again, if you're talking about ultimate source, that which is beyond form and formlessness, that which is beyond concept, you got to use language. So when you read language like this, that you may be children of your Father in Heaven, your Father in Heaven causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and unrighteous. Now that's first century patriarchal language coming out of a particular Jewish culture. So before you, so immediately we have a sort of like, wait, 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 God's not a man. Obviously, obviously. But, but it's important to remember that when you're talking about the infinite... When you're talking about that which is beyond concepts, because if God is a concept who can be proved, then that's not God. That's just one more thing that exists with something in opposition to it, that or not that. Um, This is why whenever people try to prove the existence of God, they end up denying the existence of God. (laughs) Yeah, this is why the, the debate between people who believe and people who don't, everybody's missed the point at that point. Because if you could prove such a thing, you're just proving one more concept, and source exists beyond such concepts. It's not even form and formlessness. It's that which exists beyond form and formlessness. If the source of all could be argued for or proved, then it would exist in all the same categories as everything else. So this ancient word God is simply naming that Of which nothing greater can be conceived. Yeah, do you see how interesting this gets? So, when a first century Jewish rabbi talks about the ultimate nature of reality, all you're left with is images, metaphors, analogies, similes. So, in this case, Jesus speaks of source like a father and us. As children, because all you're left with essentially is parable, placing something that you are familiar with beside that which is beyond anything you could ever wrap your mind around. So Jesus says, uh, "You've heard it said, 'Love your enemy, love your neighbors.' Hate your enemy, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you." So you have this category of you and your enemy which has implicit within it, you're the good one, they're the bad one, you're the righteous one, they're the evil one. Pray for those who persecute you. Uh, Wish, I'm trying to think how to say this best. The invitation is to move into such a place in your heart that you can wish good on those who you have previously opposed. And he says when you do this, essentially, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. You want to be in harmony with the source of all things? Then extend your best energies, intentions, and intentions for the goodness of everybody around you. Even those you would withdraw or withhold your goodness from. God causes sun, the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Now this is an agricultural setting. So sun and rain are good. You need those for your crop to grow so that you can have food so that you can live. So the invitation here is to a is to a non-duality. The invitation is to move beyond these categories of they're bad, I'm good, I'm righteous, they're unrighteous. There's evil, and then there's the morally superior, to move beyond such categories and to wish, to pray for, to extend goodness to everyone around you. Now, when you have an enemy and you bless them, pray for them, extend your best to them, wish good upon them, then what is going to happen is you're going to be dissolving the category of, of friend and enemy. If you love your enemy, then it gets rid of the category of you and your enemy, so in doing this, you're, you're setting them free from being your enemy. You're setting—and by the way, if all of your thought structures are they're the enemy, um, thoughts create worlds, words create worlds. It'd be like imagine if there was a nation that spoke so often of those terrorists, even though it did all sorts of violence in the world and dropped all sorts of bombs on people— if it kept insisting on those evil terrorists, at some point, just thinking about it and naming it and over and over keeps the category alive. Yeah, if you really wanted to cut down on those terrorists who are violent, you'd probably start by not naming them violent terrorists. Whew, do you see how the way that you think about all this profoundly shapes how you interact, but it actually helps shape what even happens In the world. So Jesus is inviting you not just to set them free from being the enemy, but set you free from clinging to those categories as if they were ever helpful. See, built within those categories is a clinging and a grasping and an attaching, and it's exhausting. And what it does is it keeps the world constructed exactly as it is. So, obviously people do destructive things. Obviously people do toxic, immoral things. Obviously this happens all around us, but when we keep all of these structures firmly in place and actually solidify these structures through how we think and talk about them, well then no wonder we don't see new creation. No wonder we miss all that wants to be birthed right here and right now. So, it's not just loving your enemy. It's not just emulating the divine love, the sun that shines on everybody, regardless of who they are or what they do. It's freeing yourself from clinging and grasping and attaching your worth and your value and your goodness to being better than, to being worthy, to being good enough, righteous, moral, and all that. Because it's exhausting, and it doesn't work. Now, uh, we're just almost through the intro here. Now, there's something else going on here. something. There's something non-dual. And by, du- by duality, I mean good, bad, right, wrong. There's the morally upright, the righteous, and then the evil. There are these categories that we easily attach to. How about this one? There's going to be enough money. There's not going to be enough money. They like me. They don't. We're going to get through this. We're not going to get through this. We're going to have massive financial, economic, and political catastrophe. We're not. There are these categories that we are constantly creating, upholding, solidifying. And then there is something that happens when you sink into a deeper sense of self that that can name things what they are, and yet doesn't cling and grasp at them like you previously did. Now, here's what I mean. Let's try something. An exercise, shall we? (laughs) Imagine, think about yourself 10 years ago. Who you were 10 years ago. Uh, Let's go 10 years ago. Let's go 2010. Uh, Just pick a date. What were you wearing? What did you think about the world? What major events have happened in the past 10 years that you didn't know about 10 years ago? Now, thinking about yourself 10 years ago, let's move to the present, to you right now listening to this episode of The Robcast. You're washing dishes. You're taking a walk. You're working out. uh, You're commuting. I don't know where you would be going. (laughs) Are you going to an office that no one goes to? Um, so there was the you 10 years ago. There is the you right now listening to this. Now let's jump ahead, 2030. Let's jump ahead 10 years. There's the you in 10 years. How old will you be? Where do you think you'll be living? Uh, if you have kids, how old will your kids be? What do you think you'll do when you wake up in the morning 10 years from now? 10 years from now, t- It'll be the 10-year anniversary of 2020. Will we have an anniversary for it? Will we remember it? How will we remember 2020? Yeah. How did you do this? How did you just now go 10 years back, then move to the present, and then move 10 years ahead? How did you step back and reflect on yourself Did you fly above? Did you step back? Did you move beyond? How did you do that? How did you go back in time, 10 years, then come back into this moment, then go ahead in time, and then come back? Who is the you that is able to reflect upon the you of 10 years ago, the you that is able to observe the you that is listening to this episode now, and then who is the you that is able to conjecture and imagine what life will be like for the you 10 years from now. It's not just how did you do this. How did you do this stepping back and observing of these different yous throughout time? It's not just how did you do this, but who did this? Who did the observing about the you 10 years ago in the past 10 years in the future? There is a you who can observe you. You right now can observe how your body feels, what you've eaten so far today, what you'll do when you're done with this episode. There is the you who can observe the you listening to this episode. But then there is the you who can observe the you who's observing the you. (laughs) How are we doing now? It's like Russian dolls of consciousness. Like they're just stacked one inside the other, inside the other, or one outside the other, inside the other, inside the other. Who is this you who can observe all these different incarnations of you across time and space? Because that you doesn't seem to be trapped in time, if trapped is even the word. This you can move around in time. It can remember. It can only remember in the present. It can only imagine the future in the present. So it's all happening in the present. Nothing is not happening in the present. The only thing that goes on forever is the present. It's the only thing you've ever had. So this you that is the you who can observe you, observing the yous across the ages, can only observe the yous right here and right now. Who is this you? is there's like a is it a deeper you, a fuller you, a higher, lower, behind, beyond you. Now, step 2. Let's get slightly more practical. Have you ever been stressed about money? When was it? Is it now? Was it a year ago, 6 months ago, 5 years ago? What did that stress feel like? What were your concerns? What were your worries? What were your fears? Or have you ever had to say something to somebody and you didn't know how they were going to respond to it, but you knew you had to say it? If you didn't say it, it was like eating you alive. You had to say it. What that feel like? A little pit in the stomach? A little uh, sweaty palms? A little uh, agitated? Like you just wanted to have them to call you back so you could say it, so you could get on with your day? Yeah. Have you ever lost someone you love? They died. They moved on. They moved away. They broke your heart. They basically said they didn't want to be around you anymore. Think of all those memories. All that emotion, shock, drama, pain, loss, tension. There's a you who can remember and reflect on all that. You, there's something, there's some you who can tell me what it was like. It's like a you who can observe it and notice it and witness to it and then describe it to me and articulate what it felt like. You can even give language to the experience that you're not currently having. There is something about you, something central to you, something integral to who you are, something that just is. It's deeper than emotion. It's deeper than feeling. If you can observe to the tension, if you can observe the stress, if you can observe your fear and notice your terror, then there's something within you that isn't terrified, something within you that isn't stress because it witnesses to the stress this moment 2020 all the ache the frustration the fear the worry in the ear, in the air can you see that what i'm talking about have you seen it in others do you feel it have you felt it in others can you see yourself seeing it can you see yourself feeling it Yeah, of course you can. So there's some you who can observe and witness and notice all of the experiences that you are having from a place that isn't rattled, that isn't overwhelmed. There's like a rock-solid you somewhere in there. The U behind the U behind the U behind the U. Uh, There's this this, uh, place that I surf. Most of the time when I surf, I surf this one particular place. And there have been days when in the morning I surfed that one particular break. But then later in the afternoon, I got on an airplane and flew somewhere, probably to see you all in your city, wherever you are. And uh, at LAX, the main Los Angeles airport, when you fly out, generally you fly, the runway goes straight west, and the airport is right next to the ocean. So you fly out over the ocean, and then generally I would be flying to the right east, (laughs) to the right east. And so the airplane goes out down the runway, out over the ocean, and does a giant U-turn, Is that a technical aviation term? A giant U-turn and then heads back east. But there have been a number of times when I was on the right-hand side of the plane with a window seat, and the plane would circle up and around, and I would look down on the spot that I had been in the ocean and surfed a couple of hours previously on that same day. It's like down in the water, riding waves, sitting there on my board waiting for waves, and then a couple hours later, up in the sky, looking down on that very spot in the ocean. It's as if, um, by analogy, there is the you that is down in the ocean having the experience, but then there is a you who can observe you Having the experience yeah 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 notice this this phenomenon of being, about being of, of being a human central to being a human being as you can be having the experience and you can also be noticing yourself having the experience. there is a a you behind the you that's not clinging, not grasping, not keeping score, not having to name who's the enemy who's not. Not spending energy putting people in categories. There's a you that doesn't need to win. There's a you that has no fear of losing. It's not, those, these categories don't apply to that you. None of these categories apply to the you that is infinite and indestructible. C- can, can you feel that? I often put my hand on my heart to remind myself that there's a me that is infinite and indestructible. Jesus says to his disciples uh, in the Gospel of John, you in me and me in you. There is a Christ consciousness, an infinite and indestructible Christ consciousness present in every human being. Yeah, can you can you feel this? Yeah, it's like a it's like a whole dimension of your being. There's the you that's scared about how it's going to turn out. There's a you feeling that very real emotion: loss, sadness, just melancholy, whatever it is, joy, euphoria. Uh, you're at your wit's end. You're you're so frustrated with whatever situation. You, how are you going to do a year with your kids doing school on Zoom? Yeah, right? All that. There's all that. But then you you put your hand on your chest and you remind yourself that there's an indestructible in, infinite you with no borders or boundaries that can notice you having this experience of frustration, fear, worry, terror, stress, tension, anxiety, love, hope, joy, fear, fearlessness. All of it. All of it. That whole bucket of experiences that we have. Did I say a bucket of human experiences? (laughs) The you that can look in that bucket of all your experiences. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a Christ consciousness that isn't clinging to any of that. That is the you behind the you behind the you. When you've heard people talk about meditation, Contemplative prayer, silence, dwelling, abiding in the Christ consciousness. This is all language, and and uh, different traditions uh, have different ways of naming this, but pretty much every great spiritual tradition has an extensive way of talking and naming and describing this dimension of the self that is, both in time and outside of time, and yet is only ever right here, right now. It's like when you instinctively say, like, and then I took a deep breath. Yeah, of course you did. And then I collected myself. Yeah, 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 that's how it works. You take a deep breath. You remind yourself that you're here. You remind yourself that you don't have to get caught up, that there's more to you than simply the emotion and grasping and clinging of the moment. Yeah, yeah, so you can see where uh, pretty much every tradition pretty much every yogi monk sage apostle wise one in every tradition for thousands of years there is some practice of being in this space of grounding yourself in the infinite indestructible you yeah yeah see how it's you see how it's a uh, It's a feeling and an experience much more than it is uh, lists of words or doctrines. This is why sometimes perhaps you've met religious people who just didn't stop talking about all their beliefs and all their convictions and all their words about words, and yet what you picked up from them was fear, anxiety, anxiety terror about the unknown. Yeah, without a practice, without regular time spent in this space, the space you and I are in right now, then you end up having to build all these systems to protect yourself from all those fears and stresses and tensions and anxieties. But you practice this, you sit in this, in this stillness You spend time in the place where there is no grasping or striving or winning or losing. You spend time in the space where there's nothing to prove, there's nothing on the line, there's nothing at stake. You've belonged the entire time. There was never a question of whether you were worthy enough or whether you were loved or not yeah, so 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 Jesus, he's not just saying. It's not just, uh, by the way, your whole enemy structure, just just love your enemies. It's not just a nice like, hey, we should all get along, right? It's not just,, uh, uh, be kind to mean people. No, no, no. It's an invitation to to move to a deeper experience of the self. Yeah, that you might be children of your Father in Heaven's source, doesn't do any of these of this clinging or grasping. It just is. So when when you drop into that place within you, that just is, that can observe it all. Yeah, that's the divine within you, the Christ consciousness, the image, the spirit of the divine present in every person. So we're this fascinating cocktail of dust and spirit of bone and the divine, right? We're 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 these funky frail frenetic creatures, right? We lose our temper and we lose our car keys and we get all frustrated about stuff and we stomp around that, right? We're yeah, we're like just make a mess of things and yet We also have this dimension to our being that is infinite and indestructible. This you, who can step back and observe you having the experience, and the you right now who can observe the you observing the you, and the you who can observe the you observing the you, noticing the you, witnessing to the you. You can never step back enough. Yeah, so there's something infinite going on there about your consciousness and your your ability to witness to your life. Something without borders or boundaries or edges. It's not like you'd come to the end of the you, behind the you, behind the you, behind the you. You could always step back one more time. Yeah, you see that? Yeah. Now, traditionally, this was the job of religion, to ground you in that you. But the idea from going way, 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 way back was that there were practices and paths to help you become intimately familiar with that you so that you could navigate your life, so that you could hold it in a certain way, so that you could obviously have the joy and the love and spread the love. Mm -hmm. Traditionally, that, that was always how it worked. Yeah, so what you're seeing now is perhaps many of those traditional structures haven't worked, but that's why you're seeing so many people Uh, returning to these ancient practices. So you and I have been doing right now in this episode, reminding ourselves that there is a you that is going to be fine. Because there is a you that has always been fine. Because there is a you that was never trapped in these categories of fine, not fine. Good, not good. Winning, losing. Successful, not successful. There's always been a you That simply wasn't trapped in those categories. Now, a couple of very practical insights and applications on all this. Uh, Number one, most people live at the surface. Most people spend most of their time and energy at the surface. Win, lose, accepted, not accepted, how will I measure up? Did they like it? Did, did they like me? How do I look? Do I have authority to do, to do this? Am I legitimate? Um, I feel like I have imposter syndrome. Good, bad. Am I worthy? Am I enough? Uh, most of the mind chatter. A good chunk for m- most people. The, the The mind chatters at the surface with all these categories. Who's my enemy? Who's my friend? Uh, am I the good one? Who's the bad one? Because if I can name the bad one, then by default, I'm the good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, the mind, man, the mind is like like addicted to these categories. This is why I put my hand in my heart, to help me think from mind down into heart. This is what I do in a lot of my work with people in the sessions that we do. When people talk about imposter syndrome, um, whether they have the authority or they're legitimate to do whatever it is they want to. The moment they sink down from the chatter of the mind into heart, heart isn't playing any of those games. Heart is like, where's the joy? Let's make this. Okay. Heart couldn't care less about whether someone thinks you're legitimate or not, whether you have the credentials or not. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The self behind the self behind the self is like, oh, please, come on, let's just do it. Let's just get in the game here. (laughs) Yeah, the invitation is to be grounded in the self behind the self. There's this great line in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul in the letter to the Galatians, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I, but Christ who lives in me. He says, I died to all that clinging and grasping. And you see how you can read that text? You see how brilliant. I mean, that's insight into how to live. That's ancient wisdom. So what he says is he sees the Christ being Jesus, the execution, resurrection. He says, oh, it's like a whole, that's like a whole image of how to live. The part of you that actually thought your worth was tied up in what those people think of you, that part of you died, and now you can really live. Yeah, yeah, it's an endless death and rebirth. Yeah, it happened, but it happens. That's the power. Yeah, the me who used to cling to the evaluations of others to find out if I'm any good or not, that me died. The me who needed their approval of my path to determine whether my path is legitimate or not, that me was crucified. Yeah, Because you tapped into the Christ consciousness I, I, the one who lives is the infinite indestructible self. Yeah, 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 that's, that's the Christ who lives in and through me. Yeah, and, and people have had all sorts of different names for this over the years. But yeah, I, I I used to cling to that, I used to hold on to that, I used to get caught up in that drama, but the me who used to think that the person that I was with helped define me, that that part of me, that me died. That me died. Yeah. Yeah. So I so that I can really live. <sighs> yeah, most of the leaps forward in our life, which are really just being even more present in this moment, because <laughs> there was never anywhere to get to. Most of those revelations and breakthroughs. Most of them come when, when something within us dies. Yeah, some me died so that the me behind the me behind the me could live all the more. I can feel it sometimes. You can feel it sometimes when something's dying. Kristen and I have this, we have all sorts of language for this when we sense there's some attachment, there's some clinging, there's some grasping that's dying. It, it, it doesn't work anymore yeah you 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 actually can develop energetic radar for it. maybe you're just simply around somebody and and what they think used to be so important um, and now you're realizing that you don't need their approval. their opinion is what it is. They're free to have their opinion but you have your path and you know your path and you're around them you're like, what is going on? Oh oh yeah something's dying yeah the 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 me that used to give some of my power over to them. The me whose joy was dependent on their approval. You're literally handing over your joy to someone else. That me is dying. You see how this works? Yeah, I've been crucified with Christ. And that old me is no longer the one who lives, but the Christ lives in me. I'm more and more tuned into the infinite, indestructible me, who's been here the whole time, and the only here ever was simply the present moment, because that's all we ever had. So then, and here's where things really get interesting, and I'm telling you this, I call this an advanced player move. In our house, we talk about this advanced player move, but here's the thing. Here's how this, because this might sound a little, the you behind the you behind it, you might be a little like, this is just, Rob, seriously, this sounds like uh you know, ancient Dr. Seuss spiritual wisdom or something, right? Like, where are we going with this? Here's, Here's where this gets really interesting. As you become more and more grounded in the self behind the self, in the infinite and indestructible you, as the Christ consciousness becomes more and more your consciousness, then you're more and more able to see the game for what it is. Because there's a you outside of time. Because the soul doesn't know time. The heart doesn't, doesn't think it's running out of time. Anytime you're rushed because you're like, I only have a little bit of time. No, no, no. No, wisdom is always the present moment. You've only ever had the present moment. Regret, stuck in the past. Worry is being stuck in the future. Most of our anxiety, the mind is all over the place. Heart, soul, spirit, the Christ consciousness is only ever right here in this moment because it can only ever be right here, right now. Even your memories are only in the present moment. Now, what begins to happen then is you begin to see the game, the field, the territory, and the space for what it is. So, game, field, territory, space. I want to give you these words as a way of seeing your life. Uh, You want to go do that work? See it like a territory or a field or a space or a game because there's a you that is the you behind the you behind the you that can observe it. You want to go work there? Okay, let's do it. Let's go there. Let's try it. Let's let's go there. Let's do it. Let's see what happens. You want to have kids? Oh, let's do the kid thing. Let's be in that territory. Let's be in that space, the parent space. You see what happens is people get so attached, too attached, to the outcome, to whether they're good or not, to whether they're succeeding, that all the joy gets sucked right out of the experience. It's the same as having enemies. It's just more clinging to categories. But when the you behind the you behind the you sees it as, okay, we're playing this game, okay, then you're not shocked when there's drama, tension. Of course there would be. You have kids. Of course you want them to do well in the world. Of course when they hurt, you hurt. But what happens without being grounded in the you behind the you behind the you, without a Christ consciousness, which is governing how you move in the world, then all you have is the attachment and the grasping and the clinging to how it goes. You see what happens? Is the kid doing well? Is the kid not doing well? Your sense of being and self and worth and goodness gets wrapped up in how the kid is doing. And that's the only game that's happening. And then no wonder the kid feels that pressure. So then the kid acts out of that stress and anxiety that the parent put on the kid, and now you have a vicious loop. But imagine if that parent has the regular practice of spending time of dwelling, of abiding in the place where their worth or value was never in question. Then the parent can transmit that energy to the kid. Here we are. Here we are. You're the kid. I'm the parent. We have these roles. But then there's also souls. By the way, at some point, i got to do a whole thing on the roles and souls. Because there's the role, biologically, parent, kid. There's the role, employer, employee. There's the role, neighbor, brother, sister. And then there's souls who happen to show up at this time in this place. Yeah, this is why often your kid is your teacher. Because you're souls. This soul came to teach me something. Yeah. So what happens as you're more and more grounded in the self behind the self, some would say the true self, the authentic you, however you want to say it, is then whatever you happen to be doing, you can see it as territory. You can see it as a field. Oh, we're working in this business area. Okay, well, this is how people operate in this area. Okay, then you're you're less shocked, you're less surprised when people lose the plot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is what happens when you have a democracy. Sometimes people actually make terrible choices in who they vote for. And it has very real-world pain and consequences, but you're able to see it. You're able to witness. You're in it. You feel. You march. You protest. you're, You're activated. You've rolled up your sleeves. You're doing your part. But you're also able to... See it. You see what I mean? Yeah. It's like if you're having a book come out. Yeah. So that's like publishing. That's like letting people know the book is out. That's like doing exchanges and conversations and interviews about the book. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a field. That's a territory. That's a space. We're playing that game now. So instead of it happening to you, you have by choice, entered into it. Now, sometimes things happen to us. Illness comes our way. Tragedy comes our way. But even then, the you behind the you behind the you go, Oh, this is this is the hand of cards I was handed. Okay. Well, how are we going to play this one? How are we going to do this one? Yeah. Yeah, we invented these machines, and then people use these machines to make even better machines, and these machines are now in our pockets, and they have the internet on them with all these comments and endless things we can scroll through. Of course, people might end up with an adversarial, conflicted relationship towards these machines. Yeah, yeah, but you see it for what it is. You observe it, you witness to it, because there is an infinite, indestructible you that flows in, around, behind, under it, however you want to say that. (laughs) Yeah, do you see how there's a lightness to this, but it also frees you up to like really go for it? You can like really throw yourself into this if you want. Like you can just absolutely go for it. You can make whatever it is you want to make. You can go where you want. Like you can just, you see how this transforms the whole way you see life? Yeah, and those people don't like it. Okay. Okay, and there's a little obstacle over there. Okay, interesting. In this field, in this territory, there's that obstacle. Huh. And there's that barrier, and there's this group of people who who don't seem to understand what you're saying. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you're not shocked. You're not surprised. It comes with the territory. Yeah, yeah, there's a lightness that actually frees you to give yourself to this experience we're having here because you're not holding back because you don't need to you see what's actually going on here. Yeah, so for you, a question here at the end. Whatever it is that you do, whoever it is that you are, however it is that your life works, are you hung up on outcomes, credentials, legitimacy, whether you're good enough or not, talented enough or not, whether you're succeeding or failing, is is your mind so dominating with its endless chatter, picking it apart, noticing, obsessing over the comments section? Are you with me on this? Yeah, but and the language I use is think down. If but if you sink down into heart, if you sink down into the you behind the you behind the you, if you step back and observe it all, can you see something with a bit more clarity? Yeah. Notice how you did that. Look how fast you did that. Imagine if you practiced that and got better at it, like musculature that you build up. Yeah, then you could just be you in the moment doing whatever it is you're here to do with that sort of pure elemental joy. Yeah. Yeah, that's all very real and very possible. One more thought. You are going to survive 2020. We're going to survive this. It's often this talk of of, of making it. Are we going to make it? Are we going to survive? What's going to we We will survive. Yeah, yeah. The, the The much better question, because the you that is the you behind the you, that you exists outside of time. That you transcends the circumstances of your life. You were able literally to go back 10 years, go forward 10 years. That that you that you laughs at the idea of linear time. It's all over the place. Yeah. And do you, do you think that that you is confined to these brief years on planet Earth in this space-time continuum? Uh, that hasn't been the witness of thousands of years of human history. Yeah. So this idea that you, you're born and you're here for a few years and then you die and that's just it? Come on. Come on, that's about as naive as it gets. Yeah, because there's a you, there's an indestructible you, an infinite you that will go on. Yeah, yeah, so survive, of course. It was never about surviving. It, it was about holding all of this experience that you're having in a different way with a certain lightness and looseness, you know, understanding the game, the field, the territory, the space. You want to go over and be in that space? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine, imagine if the you behind the you behind the you was like, hey, you want to go, <laughs> like you could, like the you could converse with the, uh, with, with another you. It was like, hey, let's go there to earth. Let's show up. Yeah. Let's make sure that we're ready. Let's make sure we're there. Yeah, what year you want to go. <laughs> let's do this. Let's let's enter into that drama. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's show up there and see how it goes. Imagine if you saw yourself as arriving here. <laughs> yeah. Let's do this one. And then give yourself your name and be born where you were born. Oh, my goodness. Do you see how these exercises can free you in some profound ways? Yeah. You're here doing this. How extraordinary is that? Wow. What else is around the corner? (sighs) Yeah. Yeah, that you may be children of your Father in heaven who isn't trapped in all those categories that just showers and shines all the goodness on everybody. Yeah, moving beyond getting caught up in all those categories. Yeah, that is the invitation. That is the invitation. And and it's the invitation now more than ever. So take every stress, anxiety, weirdness, worry, surreal bit of experience you're having in this thing that we're all living through in 2020. And let's just begin with you're going to survive it. So notice it witness to it, and then enter into it and enjoy it. And that, my friends, is the infinite and indestructible you. Now, obviously, that was just an intro, but um, yeah. yeah, it gives me plenty to think about, and my hope and prayer is that it does the same for you. And now, may grace... And peace be yours now more than ever.